I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome back to 17 Questions, the brand new podcast where we ask celebrities, authors, YouTubers and broadcasters 17 random questions you never knew you wanted the answers to. Can you tell us your name and a little bit about yourself? My name, my full name is Edith Eleanor Bowman Smith, but I'm mostly known as Edith Bowman. Um, And I am, what am I? I'd say I'm a broadcaster. Uh, I work across TV, radio, podcasts, um, trying to find fun things to share with people. What's the funniest pickup line you've heard? Oh, here's 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 when people used to use um, payphones. Here's fifty p. Go and phone your mum and tell her you're not coming home tonight. <laughs> off. <laughs> what topic could you spend hours talking about? Uh, I could probably bore people to tears uh, talking about my kids. To be honest, because they're they're brilliant and they. They're the thing that I learn most from. Um, so both in terms of being a parent and every day being a kind of learning experience of how to deal with the situation, but also just they remind me about being childlike and remind me about kind of not taking things too seriously and having fun with things as well. And so I could wax lyrical about them. I could also talk all day about Star Wars. So hit me with it. <laughs> What's the most ridiculous thing that you've bought? Um, the most ridiculous thing I've ever bought. I mean, apart from like a house. I mean, I haven't bought a house, but I, you know, I pay a mortgage on a house. That's ridiculous because it's very grown up. Um, and but apart from that, the most ridiculous thing I've ever bought. Probably, um, uh, I bought. I was at an auction. This is years ago. I was at an, au- an auction for Oxfam uh, with my friend Vicky Taylor, and we had had a couple of glasses of wine, and we both bid on these paintings that are made of from Glastonbury mud, and they, they're these amazing paintings, and it's of. It's off scenes of Glastonbury, but done using the mud from Glastonbury as the paint with colour and stuff in it. And so um, I kind of, you know, had images of grandeur and was like, that. yes, raising my hand and bought one of these paintings, which um, which I see now as an investment. Um, but my friend Vicky, who also bid on one, had the kind of lucky get out clause where she bought it for her boss. So her boss paid for it. And I think it's in her house, though. So she definitely won in that situation. What horror story do you have from a job that you've had? Oh man, so many. Um, so many horror stories. It's not so much a horror story, but I look back on it and go, what were you thinking? So um, I've done quite a few festivals in my time doing the TV coverage for it and still do it and absolutely love it. 
but um, 10 years ago, 11 years ago this summer, I was uh, due to do the Glastonbury coverage for the BBC. I was also uh, about to have a baby and um, I knew that I had to have a C-section because of this heart thing that I've got. So I knew when I was having Rudy and it was 10 days before Glastonbury. And my bosses at BBC and my agents both said to me, "Okay, you don't need to do this. And I was like, no, I know I don't need to do it, but I want to do it. In my head, vocally I'm saying that, but in my head going, I'm definitely doing this. No one else is doing this. I'm doing this kind of thing. And so um, this little thing who we packed in the car with every, I mean, there was no space for anything else in the car. There was so much stuff in the car. My husband was playing, I was doing a TV present and my mum was coming down from Scotland to look after Rudy for us whilst I was on telly. We had like a little mini portable fridge so that I could pump milk out my boobs and put it in the fridge so then I could take it home and, you know, my mum could feed him it when I wasn't there. Uh, It was a logistical kind of like machine, this thing. Uh, And we got there and he'd cried the whole journey from London down to Glastonbury and Tom had to go and do a rehearsal and a little warm-up show Uh, down the road and so he literally had to dump me at the hotel and go and I just remember him kind of leaving and stopping and going babe this is going to be alright and I was kind of like white and just knackered and going what have we done and then my mum arriving and everything being okay and then going and doing telly and kind of just for anyone who's listening who's who's been pregnant and has breastfed they'll, they'll know that kind of sensation that you get where you feel like someone is hand pumping each breast up kind of but it's the milk filling up and you feel you can sense and you know that it's about to leak any minute sorry for the men or the squeamish listening but um so I was kind of on telly and I go any minute now guys any minute it's going to be visible so going to Sally who was uh, one of the producers and I could she was the one talking in my ear so I was like Sal we just threw into a performance. It's like, Sal, how long are we going to be in this performance for? She was like, uh, about 12 minutes. I'm like, I'll be back in eight. So considering I just had a C-section, we were like two floors up on this kind of platform. I kind of waddled down, got in my little porter cabin, got the pumps out. It was like, so I got, 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 you know, got the kind of uh, the emergency supply away got it in my little fridge and then kind of waddled back upstairs upstairs and I was like okay great two minutes there we go and relax that was the Chemical Brothers on the other stage (laughs) so when I think back back about it now I go oh my god you absolute mentalist but also I'm really glad that we did it because I always said that you know when we had kids it was about them becoming part of our life rather than them kind of dictating what we were going to do so I guess that's the way that we started and the way we continued what social stigma does society really need to get over? Um, now, I, th- I, try, I thought of a word for this, actually. Um, and I, so one of the things, because having grown up in a hotel, so I was a waitress, you know, I was doing all that kind of thing. And I hate how people have this immediate kind of um, reaction to service staff in thinking that they're above them. And it's something that I've, it's a real bugbear with me. Whenever, if I'm out with people and they're in any way, shape or form rude to pe- waiters, waitresses, for no reason, I have to pick them up about it because um, it's just this really weird kind of, I, I don't know what I don't know what the right word is for it, but I, I think that there's this real big thing where it's just because they're serving you, it doesn't mean to say that you're any better than them. 
So that's a real bugbear for me. What always cheers you up when you think about it? Um, Billy Connolly always cheers me up when I think about him. Um, I probably, he's made me laugh. I mean, properly belly laugh where the tears are rolling down my face and my kind of ribs hurt from laughing so much since I was about 12. Probably younger than I should have been watching his stand-up and sketch shows and things like that. But Billy Connolly uh, has always and always will make me laugh. Just the, if he, Even just hearing him say one word will put a smile on my face. If you owned a restaurant, what kind of food would it serve? Well, you see, I grew up in a hotel environment, so I kind of grew up in that world um, from a very early age. My granddad had a little hotel in Scotland, and so I was always, you know, in there helping in the kitchen and all that kind of stuff. So I grew up in that world, which is a brilliant environment to grow up in. But I've always had this kind of slight pipe dream of having a a little coffee shop that also serves serves like really nice food but it's also a bookshop and a florist I mean who doesn't like coffee books and flowers in a one-stop shop so that's my pipe dream for maybe when I retire what was the last photo you took the last photograph I took was of my adorable 10 year old son this morning Rudy who is poorly he's off school today and he um uh, I managed to get him to come downstairs in his pyjamas and he's 10 and he still likes a kind of you know the odd kind of cuddly toy particularly when he's poorly so he came downstairs um, and then he's like mum mum quick quick and I went through and he was sat on the couch with a, a cuddly toy in his pyjamas so you didn't have his head but you had the cuddly toy's head so he was like mum quick take a picture so that was the last picture I took today What did you Google last? Mary J Blige um, I've got her on the podcast I can't believe she's coming on the podcast it's mental um, she's in this great new um, Netflix series called Umbrella Academy and obviously she's in Mudbound as well and it's wonderful to see someone have a, a brilliant career into something else you know we obviously know her as Mary G. Blige with her an amazing voice and singing and so I'm really interested to talk to her about um, how those how those worlds complement each other, you know, how that experience of being on stage and performing as a singer has helped her, if it has, into that world of acting and whether music kind of forms part of that preparation for roles and all that kind of thing. So I googled Mary J. Blige just to see if there was anything, you know, of kind of newsworthy that had kind of surfaced recently. Nothing kind of, not headline sort of stuff, but more kind of just facts and stuff to fill my brain in preparation for the podcast. Who would you go out of your way to be nice to? Everyone. I think um, it's nice to be nice. It's a lovely feeling to... I mean, I do that thing where I kind of like grin at people on the tube just to try and get a smile out of people. Um, it's, It's treating people the way that you'd want to be treated yourself. So I think that there's there's no reason... And it takes it takes more energy to be unkind or grumpy or rude to people so you know if you're in a bad mood fair enough but don't take out on other people so I think that being nice to people is a lovely feeling it makes you feel good about yourself so everyone I hope what pointless superpower would you like to have um I think my um the inconsequential superpower I'd love to have is is getting my kids out the door in the morning for school. Like being able to kind of go, and then we're, we've done that whole thing where they've, it in, incorporates eating breakfast, brushing their teeth, getting their shoes on, getting a coat on, bags on their back, boom, we're at the front door. So I just click my fingers and I'll go, my kids' school time. All that's done in one click of a finger. 
or clap of a hand. Done. Boom. Oh, man, that would be amazing. What artist or band do you always recommend when someone asks for a music recommendation? Well, apart from my husband's band, Editors, obviously, um, I would say the band that I've recommended to most people would be probably The National, actually. Um, I saw them, it's got to be about nearly 15 years ago now, um, and they were actually supporting Editors at Manchester, and Tom had said, you've got to go and watch this band, you'll absolutely love them, they're kind of supporting us on this UK tour. So I went up to the balcony and kind of sat like a kind of kid with my chin and my, you know, in the back of my hands over the back, the front of the balcony watching this band. And something kind of physical happened to me in terms of, and I think that that's the great thing about music when you have an emotional connection to it, it can really, it can really almost take control. And so I was kind of just sort of sitting there in floods of tears not for being unhappy, just by being completely moved by this performance and this music. So I think that that's probably the band that I've recommended or wanged on about the most. If you had a giraffe that you needed to hide, where would you hide it? Hampstead Heath. Hampstead Heath. That's where my giraffe would live. And I'd go and visit him or her. Her. Uh, Jenny, I'd call her. Uh, I'd go and visit her on Hampstead Heath because it's big enough that she could have plenty space to gallop about in. Loads of great trees for food. And loads of great hiding spots. So, yeah, Jenny would have a right old time of it on Hampstead Heath. What's the oldest thing you own? The oldest thing I own is probably... So, um, my granddad, um, uh, his sister lived with him, my Auntie Hughes. And she, uh, I remember uh, when I was growing up and stuff, and she would be, she would like darn his socks and stuff for him and things like that. Um, my gran unfortunately passed away when my dad was really little so my granddad moved um, back up to Scotland with the kids and stayed with family and so she you know helped bring us up and brought my dad up and stuff as well but I remember um, she was just this kind of amazing woman and when she passed away one of the things that I um, was lucky enough to be given or ask for I think I actually asked for it, it was two things actually one was this kind of rain mac thing that she had that I still wear uh, and the other is her um, sewing box and it is absolutely fallen to pieces like it's kind of the lid falls off and I've got safety pins kind of keeping it together but I will not buy a new one I will not throw it away and it's still got um, some of her old thread in it it's still got an old strepsils tin with buttons and things in it so it's got to be um how old would a granddad? I mean, she'd be a hundred by now, so that's got to be eighty years old. So yeah, and I'm never thrown away, never ever thrown it away. Who do you wish you could get back into contact with? I'm pretty good in that. I've got, I mean, I've got a wonderful bunch of friends from home in Scotland, from here in London, and from kind of all over. You know, people move and they 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 kind of end up in different parts of the world and things, but. I I really try my best and I do think that that's one of the really positive things about social media is it's a way that you can reach out to people so Facebook for me is a great way of keeping in touch with like for example this girl called Claire Roach who was a researcher on one of the travel shows that I worked on who we were, we were thick as thieves you know she's from Manchester um, Lytham St Anne's actually but she then moved and lives in New Zealand and so I can kind of keep up and see what she's doing similarly with me and then we'll send each other the odd kind of message now and again and when we were across there about seven years ago I kind of told her we were coming and 
caught up with her and it was it was awesome actually it was really really nice um so there's not that many people that i formed friendships with that i haven't kept in touch with what i would love to do which isn't really answering the question but i'd love to do who do you think you are because there's a whole side to my dad's side so with his mum passing away when he was three that i don't really know that side of my my kind of past that well so i'd really like to kind of delve into to that and see where it kind of takes me sort of thing but um yeah i'm 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 pretty good actually at keeping in touch with people um but maybe someone who hasn't i haven't i haven't heard of heard from in a while hearing this might go oh you haven't been in touch in a while could get in touch that'd be a nice thing from this wouldn't it can you tell us about something that you're working on at the moment I've got loads of exciting... Well, it's exciting to me, uh, all these things that I'm working on at the minute. I have this podcast called Soundtracking with Edith Bowman, which I launched two years ago um, because two of my biggest passions are film and music. So I wanted to celebrate both those things. Um, And so we launched the podcast two years ago and it's going great guns. Uh, It's very exciting. But then we're also thinking about other ways that we can do things outside the podcast so we don't want to do anything that messes up the lovely kind of natural very kind of chilled relaxed um, state of the podcast but thinking of almost arms we can add to it so we started doing bi-monthly events at the BFI in London South Bank and we've just confirmed our next guest for the 15th of March is our next event with um, Andy Circus and Nit and Sony so very excited about that and then another arm to it is uh, I'm going to shoot a pilot, a TV pilot, which is a kind of version of the podcast. So that's pretty much me. I mean, that's only till the first week of March. So it's busy. Thank you very much for listening to 17 Questions with me, Edith Bowman. Thanks for listening to 17 Questions. If you loved this episode, please subscribe, share and give us a good rating wherever you downloaded your podcast. Uh, Before you go, if you have any questions that you'd love to hear our guests answer, tweet us or drop us a message. It's at 17 Questions across all social. And we'll see you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.